0: Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers.
1: It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now,
2: here's your host, Dale Irvin.
1: Well, thank you, Farad, and welcome back, our baby boomer buddies, to your favorite podcast, Another Day Above Ground. This is the one that uh, we like to put on just for us, the baby boomer. You know, the kids today, they got their own stuff, but we like to talk about our stuff. And by our, of course, I must include my two partners on this program. First of all, joining us from the uh, from the mountain high city of Denver, Colorado, please welcome Carolyn Strauss.
3: Hey, everybody. And... Boy, I wish I followed basketball because by now I would know if the Nuggets won the NBA Finals, but I don't know that. I'm going to have to go look it up. But it's very exciting that they're playing.
1: It is. And this is their first shot at it ever. So, Mm -hmm. you know,
3: in 43 or 47 years, something like that, that is a long time. I mean, think about the players who were there in the beginning, so 47 years ago, and if they were 20, they'd be us. Well, they should be listening to our show because they'd be baby boomers (laughs) Well, they're
1: certainly not playing basketball anymore, I'll (laughs) tell you that for a fact. With their grandchildren, I'm sure they are. (laughs) And joining us from the state of Indiana, where the wind wafts gently through the Whatever crop is growing there right about now, please welcome the <laughs> Aristotle of comedy, Tim Slagle.
2: Hey, congratulations out there for uh, a local uh, boy, Sean Hayes, who won a, won a Tony last night for uh, his uh, performance in Good Night Oscar. It's, uh, the Tonys were held. And actually, it was the first time the Tonys introduced a new war award for uh, the most inaccurately historic casting.
3: <laughs> shouldn't that have happened during Hamilton when it was up
2: well you, you, yeah, but I mean now everyone's there now it's a competition to see who can be more historically inaccurate
1: well and it's you know it's not that hard you know I'm waiting for the the new uh the new trump musical orange is the new orange that's going to be a great one <laughs> <laughs> And and he'll, of course, want to want to star in it. But uh, I did did not uh, I did not catch the Tony Awards myself. I'm not a a big Tony type of person. But uh, they had to do it all without any scripts because there still is a writer's strike going on. And uh, so did they how did they do according to what you saw, Carolyn?
3: I thought they did a really good job. I thought when you get actors that can actually improvise and you tell them basically what you want to have happen next, it's basically what I'm seeing is, right? It's you know what's going to happen next and you you make it work. And it was so smart the way they did it is they actually put the names of the next presenters up on the on the stage, on like a giant it looked like a giant billboard so that the audience could see who was coming next, even if the introducer forgot who it was, which happened a couple times because there were no scripts in a teleprompter for the first time That's right. ever.
1: That's right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no writers, but they all talked about they're going out on the picket line today. So if you want to see some, you know, high kicks on a picket line, go to New York City
2: and you can
3: watch some singing and dancing on a picket line. If
1: you want to see high kicks in New York City, you just go to the Bowery, hold a dollar at about eye level. (laughs) those, (laughs) Those bums will kick up and get it, boy, I'll tell you. Well, as we have all heard as baby boomers, and if we listen to the news, which of course we do, because, you know, it's... On, in between the soap operas, and uh, what we uh, what we're getting scared of is all the stuff that can happen to us online. We repeat. We repeatedly hear stories about people who are scammed out of money. We had Jim Feldman talking about the romance scams online. And now we got to deal with artificial intelligence, which, you know, I don't even know who to sue when it comes to that. So once again, we have gone out and found us an expert on the topic to bring us up to date. Mike Wright is an information security professional with more than 20 years of experience training, speaking, and consulting on cybersecurity topics. He's he's done it for everybody from the government to American Express, Zurich Bank, a couple of universities, and he's uh, he wants to uh, to make professionals and and individuals like us uh, tell us about what technology the pitfalls are out there that we should avoid stepping in. Mike, welcome to Another
0: Day Above Ground. Thank you very much. Excited to be here.
1: Well, I guess the the first question that we should start with is uh, how, you know, we've been using this this, uh, World Wide Web thing for a long time. How does it work? I mean, I know Al Gore invented it, but that's all I really know about it.
0: (laughs) He did. Yes, very impressive. He's also invented the algorithm. Not a lot of people know that. um, That's when he tried to dance. (laughs) So the internet is a fairly simple and straightforward thing. You go out to websites and say, I want to download something. And they're going to give you something that you can download onto your computer. So... As in any transaction that involves strangers hoping that one or the other is not infected, this can be problematic in a number of, of different ways. So um, there are.
2: Well, usually, oh, usually, usually the stranger wants to upload.
0: Um, <laughs> it can upload and download both. So, we're not talking about um, dating sites, uh, Tim. We're, oh
3: talking, about, <laughs> we're talking, about, <laughs> talking
1: about sites, <laughs> my friend. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Serious topic, so, right? That's well, I heard, viruses, I heard viruses,
2: I heard viruses, and that's where my head went. <laughs>
0: so let I've me talk denial about denial
3: about going there, so
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about a couple simple protocols. So HTTP is, is one of the main protocols, and that's not encrypted. Encryption is good. It's our superpower. We always like everything to be encrypted. So uh, today we use HTTPS. The S you can think of stands for security. So if you have a choice ever between using HTTP and HTTPS, you always want to use HTTPS. But that's but not our thing, choice,
1: right? I mean, that's the, the, the website we're on, either they offer it or not, correct?
0: Well, there is a tool that you can use called HTTPS Everywhere, and that uh-huh. forces them to use that. So that's a, good, uh, that's a good tool that you can utilize. I think, uh, I think
2: on Macintosh, I think that's uh, already in, pre-installed in Safari. Because if you oh. Safari will not go to an HTTP site.
0: Yes, there is restrictions on that in Safari. I don't know if it's through HTTP everywhere, but um, yeah, absolutely. And the world is moving more in that direction. But here's something else about websites that I find interesting. Websites have have things on them called iframes, and the iframe basically, if you want to put something on a website, you might want to say. OK, I want to insert this text. How big is my box going to be to insert that text, right? <laughs> and if you go out and you look at the code, I, I, knew, I knew that was going to get me a response. But <laughs> if you go out and you look at the code on websites, oftentimes you'll see an iframe an that is zero by zero. So if you have an object that is zero by zero, miles long, inches long, feet long, meters long, how big is that? Uh, Not not very. It's invisible. And what that means is they often put things on websites that we can't see on every website and they can put there whatever they want. And so that's one of the reasons that, that websites can be problematic. So another, another thing about how the web works is how it's monetized. So when, when the inner When the Internet started becoming popular and and a lot of people started being on it, companies were like, well, how are we going to make money on this? Um, And there's a number of options you could charge people for going to websites and stuff. You see that sometimes. Right. But they had a better idea. They said, well, why don't we like basically get people's information. Let's figure out what they're looking at. Let's figure out what types of searches they're doing, what kind of emails they're sending, what kind of conversations they're having, what kind of videos they're making, all this kind of stuff. And then we can know everything about them and we'll know how to sell them stuff. And I'm sure when they had these meetings, somebody piped up and said, "Uh, they'll never go for that. But then somebody had another idea, which is, well, we'll hide it from them. And so that's one of the big concerns for me on the internet is that there is so much tracking of everything you do online and like for example if you go to a if you go to a news site during an election there's going to be hundreds of people tracking you you can't see that you don't know that that's happening unless you're on a really slow connection and they they load one by one but the the internet's a creepy place So I'll I'll give you a couple of examples of creepy things. Uh, These are quotes that come from from Google. So I was watching a CNBC interview in like 2006 or something like that. And the CEO of Google looked at the screen and he said, if you're doing something on the internet that you don't want everybody to know about, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, people do things on the internet all the time that they don't want people to know about, you know, like. I'll give you an example. If I go and I download, I, I say, okay, I want to search for hemorrhoid ointments, right? Maybe I don't want people to know about that because that's sexist. Hemorrhoid? I mean, come on. And ointment? Like, so maybe I don't want anybody to know, but Google thinks that should be everybody's business and that advertisers should be able to buy that kind of stuff. Another quote from Google, which I love, is... Google says they want to come right up to the creepy line, but not cross it. <laughs> and I think if you want to come right up to the creepy line, you've already crossed it. So I think you know, we really as far have as, concerns.
2: As far as collecting data, you, you, you know, uh, the guy who uh, decorates cracker barrels could have legitimately been looking for a rusty trombone.
0: He could have been, absolutely. And then, and now it has a bad rap, you know? So, yeah. Terrible.
1: Terrible. Well, this explains, if they're tracking it, this explains it. Because I I went online and I was looking for um, uh, pickleball equipment, you know? And I I just put in paddles. Well, boy, did that direct me to some odd sites. I'll tell you there, boy. They weren't
0: playing pickleball. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I had that happen one time when I went to Hotmail.com and I misspelled it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: There's
1: nothing
3: wrong with that, is there?
1: Oh. <laughs> I know. My brother was a bad speller. He spent an entire night in a warehouse. He was... <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's when you know you're having a bad day right there.
3: (laughs) So, Mike, what should we do? So some of us are on Apple products. Some of us are on PCs. Is there, like, basic protocol that we boomers should follow to not get in trouble?
0: So one of the easy things that you can do that will increase your security a lot on the Internet is don't surf the Internet from an administrator account. And what that means is... On your computer, you can set up different accounts for different people, right? And when you set up a new account for somebody, you can determine is that going to be an administrator account or is that going to be a user account? A standard user or or but not an administrator, right? So if you surf the internet not using an administrator account, that's one easy thing you can do to really protect yourself. There there are a couple of others. One is is using VPNs. So a VPN is a virtual private network. And what that means is it's going to encrypt your network. Because let me, let me say something before I get into VPNs. If you're using the internet from a public place, everybody can be can read what you're doing on the internet. They just have to have the right software to do that. And that's, that's very common for people to have. I remember one time I was in St. Louis and I was staying at an embassy suites. And there was a guy there in the atrium that was downloading people's passwords right there. He had a hacking tool and he was using this this thing that intercepted their passwords as they were going online. And he's just sitting there doing that right, right in the bar, right? So um, there are people out there doing that and a VPN protects us from that.
3: Can I ask um, a question? If your passwords yes. are automatically loaded, let's say that like, you know, mine are stored in my computer and I go somewhere and I access a website, but I don't type in my password. It's just that automatic there can somebody grab that password still
0: it depends on how it's stored on your computer so if it's stored in your browser Mm -hmm. absolutely they can get all your passwords and you have no protection against that
3: oh my god if
0: if it's encrypted remember encryption is your superpower so if it's stored in a way that's encrypted like for example on an apple product it would be stored in the keychain and that's encrypted so that means if even if somebody gets a hold of it they're not going to be able to see what it is. So we always want to use, for our passwords, we always want to use an encrypted password manager.
3: What about Google yeah, and, you know, passwords? What about like if it's stored in Google, is that encrypted?
0: So yes, yes. And oh. there's a number of them out there. Yes, absolutely. Oh, so okay. So going back going back to VPNs, here's something interesting. I don't know if you saw this in the news, but VPN usage in the state of Utah is up by 50 million percent. Did we see that? Mm-mm. 50 million no, percent that that's not no, a real no, number no. it's not a real number i made it up but it's probably <laughs> close to that because they just banned porn in utah and so i am certain that VPN usage skyrocketed because then they can't see uh what you're looking at so anyway just uh wow <laughs>
1: another they banned side porn throughout too.
0: the entire state they did they made it where you have to show your id um <laughs> you oh, you got to show your driver's man. license if you go yeah. to a porn site. So, but they can have yeah. Yeah, multiple wives. I don't get it. All right, all right. I you don't know.
3: need porn if you have multiple wives. <laughs> yeah. Right? Hello, you, yeah. You need it even um, more
0: than ever. <laughs> te- yeah, technically, you need it even more. So, yeah. Now so, let, let's hit on let's
1: hit on the topic, Mike, of uh, artificial intelligence, which I think scares every single baby boomer out there. I know it bothers me. I you know, I'm an old-fashioned guy. I like real intelligence, you know. I don't like virtual reality. I like reality altered by drugs. So what and, are you doing um,
3: here with us, Dale?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what
3: what how
1: does AI figure into, you know, our safety online?
0: So AI actually impacts both sides of the safety issue. Both attackers and defenders can use AI. Right, So I'll give you some examples of how attackers use it. Um, people have already used AI to write very sophisticated malware without knowing how to code. You just tell it, hey, write this terrible virus and make it like this one that was really devastating. And AI is like, okay, there you go. So that kind of stuff makes it even worse. But wow. you, you can also use AI to... Um, Typically, we have these things called intrusion detection systems, and they'll detect if something um, has infected your your network. So it's
3: like having one, a golden one... retriever on your computer—an intrusion <laughs> detected system.
0: Kind of, kind of. Yeah. So one one thing I want to mention really quick is that uh, something like antivirus. We think antivirus protects us, but antivirus is about forty percent effective. Okay, so. Yeah, they should change the name to Catches a Virus here and there. But because of that, the best thing you can do is have a defense in depth where you have multiple things in place to protect yourself. And so an intrusion detection system will do that. And what it does is it says, OK, here's signatures of bad things or um, bad behaviors, and we're going to detect those and, and alert on it. So AI can help you write better Um, intrusion detection system uh, software and, and filters and things like that. So I think attackers and defenders will both use AI to their advantage. And just like it is today, it's a question of who wins. You know, in the cybersecurity industry, there's more than a million unfilled jobs in cyber right now. You see numbers from 800 to over a million. And so it's an ongoing battle all the time. And AI none of them are in Utah
3: because
0: nobody's
1: moving there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no. It, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. I'm ready. No,
1: you go ahead.
3: <laughs> Dale, that's not
1: how this Wait, works. I'm getting my questions from <laughs> chat GPT. Hold on just a second. <laughs> So, so I want to go back to this VPN thing. How do how do we get one of those?
0: So that's basically an, an application. You can you download the app, and then it's going to say, okay, you have to purchase this. They're typically somewhere around a hundred dollars a year, something like that. And a VPN is a beautiful thing. You should you should always always use a VPN with your with your networks um, no. with your. If you're browsing, go ahead. I
3: have two questions for you about VPN. So I use a VPN when I'm in hotels, right? I travel a lot. I'm in airports and hotels. I always have my VPN on. And then I have to go through the two-factor authentication if I go to most websites, right? It, it sends me uh-huh. a text to my phone. But sure. what if I'm browsing on my phone or on my tablet? Do Should I have the VPN on my phone on my android phone should i have it on my tablet always always you
0: should use a vpn i use a vpn everywhere because i'm weirded out by google um copying my stuff right so you don't use it at
3: home though right when you have a secured what i mean like i have a secured internet box thingy under my desk, right? That I'm using right now. And (laughs) it says- No
1: technicality,
3: please. Hey, I'm a technical savant, right? I got a little box thingy, a little white box thingy that blinks when I'm on the internet, but it's only mine. And you can only get in if you have my um, password for it. So does that mean I'm not safe when I'm browsing the internet in my own house?
0: Well, when somebody tells me that I have a box thingy under my desk and it keeps me safe, that fills me with confidence just so you know so i mean we can we can start there <laughs> but, but no even at a even at a basic level your isp can see everything you're doing they can turn around and sell all that kind of stuff so in my mind security is merged with privacy and so um, it doesn't help you from a security perspective as much at home but it does help you from a privacy perspective right and There are even security implications, you know, if somebody is in your network, they're not gonna be able to capture things that way. So, um, you know, that's a positive. It's, there's all kinds of ways people can get in your network. They can drive down your street. Your wireless access point is gonna put off enough power for people to reach it um, on the road and they can connect to your network. But
3: they need a password to get into it. But they do need a password to get into it.
0: Which is trivial to get. Very, very one,
3: two, three, four is a powerful password. <laughs> we learned that in an episode like three years ago.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so can I ask one more thing? What about incognito browsing? Doesn't that allow you to access porn in Utah?
0: So incognito browsing does not. What that uh, does is that allows you to, and I'm speaking to you directly, that allows you to access porn sites and hide the fact that you did that from your husband. So they, he None pulls up the browser. And, None of what oh, yeah, you to me. Awesome. That's, that's all okay, it does. That is so awesome. <laughs> I got. So, a, and, I got let, me, let me, oh, go ahead.
2: I, I, I got a question going back one. You said it's very easy to get that password to Carolyn's uh, uh, Wi-Fi. How do they do that?
0: Well, so it depends on what protocol uh, she's using, but something like um, Wired Equivalent Privacy (WEP), um, you can you can actually see the password in the traffic, so you can just capture that and, and put it in, and yeah, it's not.
2: So you just very you just sit outside her house until she logs on, and then the 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 password will show up on your software.
0: No, no, no. So you you. Get the signal, and then in that in that traffic that's going back and forth between you and that device, the password will be in that. You'll be able to intercept it.
2: Oh, so wow. she doesn't even
0: have to log on.
2: Wow. Yeah. So when you log on to someone else's Wi-Fi, it, it gives you the password as soon as you log on. Try to log on. It,
0: if you have the right tool, you can intercept it. Oh yeah. wow. And that's
2: yeah, the amazing. W. That's the WEP.
0: Um, that's with web. Yeah. So you want to use something like WPA or WPA two is, is better Uh and that helps, but, but you just never want to assume that, well, I have this. And so I'm secure. Really? The only thing that keeps us secure is having that defense in depth, having you, you have to be, uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but you have to be a bigger pain in the ass than everybody else. And it's like, oh man, if I hack into that network, it's going to take me days where this one's wide open so i'll go with that one that's Mm -hmm. that's kind of how i think about um you know protecting my my personal stuff it's like i want to be i want to be a bigger pain than everybody else is and they have to jump through all these hoops not that they couldn't get in if they really wanted to but
3: you've succeeded mike we're very excited for you
1: (laughs) i'm very paranoid right now quite honestly and uh you know if we can just um in the few seconds we have left, just summarize everything he said. Basically, if you're, if you're on the Internet, people can steal everything you own, you know, and, and, and you have to get the HTTPS. So the S stands for, uh, I forget what it was, show, and um, that'll, keep you, uh, that'll keep you protected. As far as my cell phone, I am no longer going to use one. I will only use a hardwire phone in my house with a dial. None of those fancy buttons. No, only with a dial, but, uh, but you know, hopefully all this stuff that you told us about the VPN and everything else, you know, people will take advantage of. And if they have any questions or if they'd like to get some private tutoring on this, where would they go? Mike,
0: you can reach me at Mike at security.guru security.guru
1: G U R U yes. Oh, okay, I didn't even know that was one of those things. I knew you know, common org and but guru. okay, good. Well, Mike Wright, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today and giving our baby boomer uh, audience a little uh, few tips when they get on that uh, that inter interweb thing, as they call it and uh, and try and buy stuff that they really don't need and uh, make sure that they don't don't get scammed. So thank you once again, Mike Wright.
0: my pleasure, thank you very much.
1: Well, we'd like to thank Mike Wright for joining us and telling us uh, how to prepare better for not being uh, not being scammed on the internet. And he gave us a lot of a lot of good ideas, but what I uh, what I think is happening right now Oh, that's right. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for our weekly trivia session. As you know by now, we've affiliated ourselves with the game Boom Again, which is the greatest board game for baby boomers I think ever invented. It's a cross between a Trivial Pursuit and uh, and stuff that you should just know from hanging around the street corner <laughs> and every uh, every week we ask you three questions if you answer those three questions correctly you will win a copy of the game and you're saying okay I'd like to play where do I send my answers Carolyn where would they send their answers to this game
3: You can just email them straight to us at another day above ground show at gmail.com and we check that and when you send us the the right answers we'll reach back out to you and get you a game it's very exciting
1: excellent so you know tell your friends they could uh, they could win one too all right here's last question or the questions we asked last week here are the answers the first one i asked was which member of the rat pack lived to be the oldest and died last. And, of course, the Rat Pack was uh, Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. And of all the guys that were in it, the one that died last was Frank. Joey
2: Bishop. Joey? Joey Bishop,
1: oh. yeah. Huh. He was a, he was the oldest, 80-something, and he, uh, he died last. So Joey Bishop was our first correct answer.
2: Died last and most anonymously. Because <laughs> by the time he died,
1: <laughs> I'd last and with nothing to be remembered for. So. <laughs> He's a
2: comedian, so he doesn't mind getting bopped.
1: Exactly, exactly. When they were going to a hotel or something, they say, "You know, okay, you guys just check in at the front door. The comedian, the little black guy, you go around the back through the kitchen." <laughs> <laughs> All right, the theme song to the Beverly Hillbillies, one of the, one of the best shows out there, used two expressions to describe crude oil. What were those two expressions? Carolyn's shaking her head.
3: Black gold and Texas tea.
1: Black gold and Texas tea, absolutely. And the third question we asked last week was, name the hard, this is a tough one if you... If you don't remember way back then. Name the hard-bitten newspaper and radio gossip commentator who was known to boomers as the narrator of the Untouchables. The Untouchables, Walter Winchell. Walter Winchell. Wow. Was the voice of the, voice of the uh, Untouchables. I re- I'm glad, I I'm glad that. you
2: knew that because I I would never have. Uh, 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 that's uh, good night, Mister and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. That was him <laughs> too, right?
1: <laughs> All right. Get your pencils ready, folks. Your crayons, your computer screen, whatever to write down these next three questions, because these will give you a chance to win next week. A copy of Boom Again. First of all, Playboy, the wonderful magazine Playboy, was known to play hide and seek with its readers. What did they hide and where? That's the first Ooh. question. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, every every boy out there knows what it was, but
3: I didn't think Our... anything in Playboy was hidden.
1: Oh no, one thing was hidden. Okay, every every month. All right, here uh, this one. Now this has nothing to do with Playboy because it says when it hung from your hand, the top block would tumble down the stack to the bottom. What was the name of that toy and or the sound that it made? You held a bunch of blocks held together with like ribbons and you dropped the first one and it made its way down to the bottom and it had a definite sound and a definite name that went with it. Mm. And here's our third question. John Cameron Swayze was the spokesman for a watch company famous for punishing its product testing. Named the company and their advertising slogan. What was the name of the watch? And the advertising slogan. If you get all three of those correct and you send them in to what was that, Carolyn?
3: Another day above ground show at gmail.com.
1: Then you uh, have a chance, if they're correct, you have a chance of winning. Not a chance, you will win one of our games if they're all correct. And if you say, I you know, I don't really know, but I'd love to get a hold of one of those games. Can can I do that with you guys, Carolyn?
3: Sure. You can go to boomagain.com. Purchase a game in the um, cash out page, whatever they call that, the buy now page. There is a promo code area put in 10 ADAG. That's one zero ADAG and you will get 10% off the price of the game.
1: That's beautiful. And you can't find that kind of deal on any other podcast anywhere. So, my friends, we have come to the end of another week. We hope we have uh, informed and entertained you. And uh, we just want to go around. Carolyn, do you have any final words to say to our uh, our listener?
3: No, happy summer and um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, go to carolynstrauss.com if you want to know who I actually am. That would be good.
1: There you go. You can find out who she is or who she says she is. Right. <laughs> hey. How about you, Tim?
2: Uh, you can go to TimSlegel.com and find out who Carolyn really is.
3: <laughs> you promised you'd erase that. <laughs> and you
1: can go to DaleIrvin.com, and I don't even know who I am. So, you, know, <laughs> you can fill in the blanks on that one. Please tell all of your friends to uh, to visit us. Go to our website, anotherdayaboveground.com, and you can leave us a message or let us know if you'd like to be a guest on the show. And other than that, go out and have a wonderful day, because today is Another Day Above Ground. And that's it for Another Day Above Ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Mohammed. Thanks for listening.